I'm Christina Torres, and I'm on a mission to help baby big deal brands embrace their big deal energy, aka the vibes, verbal strategy, and customer experience that makes them unlike anyone else in the market. So many of my clients have that thing, that thing that draws people to them, but it feels kind of elusive and pretty hard to nail down. Add to that, they're wildly creative, crazy busy, and have a hard time fitting into traditional strategic marketing boxes. That's a recipe, my friends, for a whole mess of wildly talented people burning bright and then burning out. That's where I and this podcast comes in, helping brands like yours move out of the fake it till you make it and into the be it while you make it with a blend of systems, gorgeous customer experience, and bold, easy to design messaging advice from me and the occasional biz bestie. So best regards to burnout and half-baked messaging and say hello to big deal energy vibes, bank accounts, and boundaries. Let's go. All right, welcome to the Best Regards podcast today. We have an amazing guest. I'm so excited, and she's going to validate all the things that everyone tells me not to worry about. <laughs> so I'm super excited. We have Deanna on our podcast today. She is the host of the podcast, Big Fun Content, which sounds gorgeous. Um, she understands the power of creativity, fun, and letting your freak flag fly when it comes to marketing your business. I'm so amazed that I got that without stuttering. She's your right-hand ma'am when it comes to bold graphic design and lively content and creation when she's not recording a new podcast episode or working with clients. She is probably making GIFs excellent, hanging with her fam, or sneaking in some real housewives. Welcome, Deanna. Hello. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited that you're here. So first things first, which Real Housewives? Oh my gosh, which one do I not watch? I feel like it's easier to say, to be honest. Like Atlanta, I'm thick in Atlanta right now. Like during the pandemic, I went back to the beginning of Atlanta and started all over. And so it's been like, I think it's like 15 seasons. So I'm like almost to real time. Like I went all the way back to Tardy for the Party with Kim Zolciak. And now I'm like in the present and I'm loving it. I don't watch them, but I listen to like a lot of radio. And so I feel like Z100 here in New York is always talking about Real Housewives. <laughs> and they were dragging Kim. Like Kim has been going through it. <laughs> She's terrible. She's awful. But I feel like the worst ones are kind of the best ones in a weird way, you know? Right. They so. make for a good car crash television. Right? Yes, exactly. So let's start with a question I love to ask everyone who comes on the show. What was baby Deanna like? Oh my God. What was baby Deanna like? I don't even know. I'm like, I have trauma. I don't know my childhood. <laughs> I have that trauma. I have, <laughs> I have deleted my childhood from my memory. Uh, no, I was, um, uh, let's go back to high school Deanna. How about that? That seems a little okay. more clear. Okay. So high school Deanna was like, um, editor in chief of the yearbook, nerd alert. Ooh. Um, not nerd. I was like a little punk. And I was like, my senior year, they were making girls wear dresses for graduation. Like girls had to wear dresses. And I was like, it was the 90s. And I was like, that is so antiquated. Like, why do we have dress? So I did a petition with the senior class to petition so that women could wear pants at graduation. So I was like, the like smart kind of punk like annoying to the principal kid. Like I wasn't bad. So 
I couldn't get in trouble for what I was doing, but I was a pain in the ass, I'm pretty sure. So yeah, like a little rebellious, but like smart about it. Rebellious within the confines of like what I could get away with. You know what I mean? That's me. Yeah, I love that. That's still me. Right. That's still me. You don't really change that much. And I think that's why I asked that question because I love to hear either like how people got here. Like I try to figure out like how did baby Deanna get to this Deanna? Yeah. To fun content design Deanna. That makes sense. Yearbook. Yeah. 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 For sure. I was like worked my way up. I was like a photographer my sophomore year. Then I was photography editor and then I was editor in chief. But it's interesting actually with our conversation today because I was like the only person so far at that time that had gone from being the photo person to the editor in chief because usually the editor in chief was a copy person, not a photo person. So I was, you know, just breaking all kinds of barriers back then. <laughs> just kidding. But uh it was a little bit of a transition for me because I really valued the images and the design of the book. And for me, a little bit, the copy came second, whereas everyone else before me was more trained in copy. That's interesting. Do you think it's because of the content design? What do you mean? What is what? Do you think they had the foresight to realize, oh, people really read the yearbook or give an F about it because of the way it looks, not necessarily what the hell it does. What's in it. Yeah. I mean, well, think about it. Like who, when you get the yearbook, I mean, what I did, because who doesn't do this you and even my first grader came home with her yearbook a couple days ago and we looked through because we were like where are you like are you in any of the playground pictures are you in any of the art pictures like you know your pictures in the picture section like your nerdy school picture but you want to know if you made the cut on the like I gotta be honest I wanted to know if my picture was in there from muffins in the morning like grown-ups take you in the morning and eat a muffin and I know some lady took my picture (laughs) did I make it Spoiler alert, I did not make the cut. Ruby and I were not in the muffins in the morning, whatever, or spread, you know. So, yeah, oh. I think people look at the pictures. But, I, I mean, I still think copy is valuable. I think copy, like, tells the story. But also, I'm a graphic designer, so I'm a little biased. So, But I think that the graphics and the photos, like, draw them in. That's my stance. Yeah, no, 100%. I think they both matter equally so much. And I think so much of what copy is, and I try to like drill it home. And sometimes it drives me crazy whenever I see the word wordsmith, because you're not, I'm not wordsmithing. (laughs) First of all, I'm not creating words. Words have been around for a really long time. But B, I feel like I'm designing the copy. I'm designing a message, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm not just throwing, slapping words up there and be like, yeah, people are going to read that huge chunk of copy, aren't they? Aren't they? So tell yeah. us a little bit about how you even got here. Like, how did we get to graphic and content design? Like, how did yeah. we get here? So after my rebellious high school years, then I went to art school and did photography and art education because my parents were like, you got to get a real job. Um, So I taught art for over a decade. <clears throat> I loved my students, but I hated the system. And so at a certain point, I was like, all right, I got to get out of here. And then actually the pandemic sort of broke that for me because it was like a good exit plan with the virtual teaching and all that. So I taught virtually for one year around that time and then was able to sort of grow my business while I was virtual teaching because I was like, didn't have to drive, didn't have to put my kids in daycare. So it like kind of worked out to me where I was like, okay, cool. And while I was an art teacher, I mean, you have summers off. So I had lots of side hustles over the years, Etsy shops, different things I would dabble in. 
And what my favorite part was, was like setting up the branding, coming up with the plan, that initial push of content, that initial deciding what's it going to be called? What are the colors going to be? What are the fonts going to be? And then my ADHD brain would sort of be like, okay, cool. I did that. Now, like, what are you going to do next? Like staying with the same thing never really worked for me. Plus I was like teaching full-time, you know, and then having babies. So I was like, oh my gosh, I can help other, I can live vicariously through my clients and help them when they have a little baby idea, start the branding process, like figure out what they want to do and how they want to promote it and make content and all that stuff. So that's what I do now. And it's really fun because I get to help all them and I get to keep my one business (laughs) and do all the fun things with everybody else. So it's working out. I love it. I love that. I love that. It makes sense. Like you're like, okay, I want to do all the things but also very clearly, you mentioned you have ADHD. How does that dictate how you design your business and work with people? Um, and maybe how is it different question. from the beginning? Yeah, I, I'm like, I've had it forever. I'm pretty sure. I just, I got diagnosed in my 30s. So I'm 42 now. And if I'm being totally honest, when I got diagnosed in my 30s, I was very entrenched in diet culture. And so I didn't even really care about being diagnosed with ADHD, I was super hyped because I heard that if you have Adderall, you'll lose weight, which mm. sounds so vain and whack, but that's like where my head was. I was like, oh my gosh, awesome. So I just took the medicine and like didn't really dive into like, what does this mean for me? I feel like Adderall did help me concentrate more. And we talked about Real Housewives, but after I started Adderall, I remember watching Real Housewives <laughs> and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm just watching Real Housewives. Like my brain was quiet and I was just focused on the show. Like I was just watching Real Housewives. I was like, I don't think I've ever done that. And not that I recommend you really need to focus that hard on Real Housewives, but it was funny because that was the first time I was like, oh, dang, is this what other people's brains feel like? Because usually my brain is thinking about a hundred other things at the same time. And so I've been on and off medicine since then. I feel like it sort of ebbs and flows for me. And if I'm being honest, I just like life moves on and I've had babies and I feel like I have some pretty good coping skills from waiting till I was 30 to be diagnosed. So I just feel like at this point in my life, I kind of know how my brain works and like super strict systems don't really work for me. I weirdly love my brain, loves setting them up and like hyper focusing on this new system I'm going to (laughs) do. And then it falls apart very quickly. (laughs) Um, So I've learned to like not go too hard on the systems and like I'm okay. Like I know what I need to do. It's mostly lists for me. Like if it gets too complicated of a system then I give up on it. So I'm a big just like to-do person. And what do I have to do next? And like when I end out my day in my business, I'm like, what do I need to do just tomorrow? (laughs) Like I try to just pace myself and be like, all right, it's okay. Because sometimes I have trouble with like time and I'm like, either I have to do everything tomorrow or I feel like I don't have to do anything until it's due. Like I feel like I was like, it's either one or the other, like I'm stressing out doing everything or doing nothing. So I think I've figured out how to just figure out what I got to do tomorrow. That's kind of how I work it. It's not very complicated. I love that. That's so good. I had just talked to someone recently who was like an Airtable Dubsado like genius. <laughs> <laughs> and I look like looking at it, my little ADHD heart was like, oh, this is great. Imagine a world where we could do this, but also at the same time, my ADHD was like the Michael Scott meme where he's like, it's not that I hate this. I just don't like it a lot. (laughs) And I don't want to do it. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I see the value in it. I'm like, that's great for you. And I have fallen for it for before. I've been like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And then end up feeling like, oh, I, I suck. I can't do that. And now at this point in my life, I'm like, it's just not for me. Like, I understand the value of it. And I think it does work for people. But for me, I just need a list of what, what I got to do tomorrow. <laughs> that's my plan. <laughs> And that's perfect. And it works. Like it's better with that said. Yes. Right. Let's try to tie this back into where do peeps come to you? When is the right time to come to Deanna? Am I just starting a business? Am I understanding my brand? Or is there like phases? I feel like it may, may be similar to a copy when people <laughs> ask that about copy, but I want to hear from uh, a graphic and content designer. Yeah. yeah. Well, I will say that I thrive working with personal brands. So if someone is, forward facing, like if your clients are going to meet you and work with you. So if you're like a coach or a freelancer, who's going to be talking to your clients, then you're my people because I feel like you can't hide. <laughs> you can't hide your freakiness. Like they're going to find out you're going to get busted. So you can make this professional website. You can, you know, read all the things, take all the courses and try to show up the way you think your quote unquote ideal client wants you to be so that they will give you money. But then when they start working with you, they're going to be like, who is this weirdo? <laughs> like, like you can't, you're not a product. And this is all just my take on it. I just think you have to show up as yourself. If they're going to eventually meet you and hang out with you, then you just need to show up as yourself. So those are my people. And I feel like either people who are just starting and want to like figure that out, or a lot of times my clients are people who have tried to put themselves in a box and then they just like can't keep up the facade. And they're like, oh my God, somebody just helped me show up in a way that feels you know, like me and like, I'm not doing things I don't want to do, whether that's like weird marketing that you're like, is this cool? Is this not cool? Should I be doing this? Or even just like you have colors that you hate because somebody told you that that's going to make you look professional. And every time you're in Canva, you're like, I guess I'm just going to make this stuff. I'm like, I want you to love what you're doing. I want you to show up. I want you to have fun. I want it to just be you and I feel like what people don't understand is that that is like so attractive <laughs> to clients. I mean, not all the clients, right? Like some people, when you show up as yourself, are going to be like, what a weirdo. I'm out. She's being weird. But the people who get you are going to like love you. And I feel like it's you're just going to be so much more confident. And I feel like people throw around that term thought leader. But I feel like thought leaders are people who are really showing up and like saying how they feel, saying what they think, and just being themselves. And people are attracted to that. Just like, I don't know. There was like a weird show in the nineties on MTV, like the pickup artist. <laughs> I don't know if I'm like going way too far. That guy who looked like four non-blondes. Did anybody watch that? Am I crazy? Yes, like yes. he was all about like exuding confidence. And I was like, look at this dork. But I feel like he could pick up ladies because he was like, what? I'm wearing weird goggles on my head, but I'm totally cool with it. And I guess that was attractive to some people. Like, like I said, not to everybody. So I think having that confidence to just show up like you were reading let your freak flag fly, which is really hard to say. Sorry, I put that in my bio. Yeah, I think it's just like, it's for me. And I hate to say like, it worked for me, so it can work for everyone. But for me, that is when my business really started picking up. But also when I started having way more fun in my business. So I think there's something to be said for that. Like most of us are leaving jobs we're not really happy at. <laughs> so don't build a business that you're also like, oh, I guess I have to do it this way. Like you're in charge. I love that. And I do remember that show. <laughs> I do remember that show. And even though he was weird, I think what he was teaching them that he was, yes, confidence, 
But like when you're confident, you can be yourself. You can be present. Like he yeah. wasn't really showing them how to be douchebags. No. He was showing them how to be like a human and yeah. talk to another human and be present and interested in that human. And the only way you can do that is if you stop like fake being this weird, not you person in your head. Really yeah. what he was teaching people, even True. though he was like, I don't know, like, what's that baby's lane? What's this? <laughs> oh, okay. an angel. A magician. Yes. Yeah, like, angel. Like, I love that you just talked about Mind Freak and that pickup artist guy. Love it. <laughs> Perfect. This is, this is also a trip down memory lane for me. This right. is also baby Deanna. That's like middle age Deanna. I <laughs> Whatever miss MTV. I miss good MTV programming. I miss you. that. Oh. Yes. It was I'm so like, good. we could go down a rabbit hole, but I will calm myself. I'm like, next? Do you remember when people get off the bus and be like, oh, ew, next? Like they would immediately next somebody? Oh, heartbreaking. <laughs> <laughs> it was so rude and it was so bad. I honestly think the 90s reality shows gave me such anxiety. Yes. <laughs> I can't watch like a competition show. I can't unless it's like lighthearted, like bake off. I can't watch like American Idol the second they go to embarrass someone. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh <laughs> I have to turn the channel. Yeah, and I think it's, it's because of MTV. Yeah. Agreed. That next bus was harsh. I love the bios. The bios were the best part. <laughs> yeah. I want to know who wrote the copy for those bios because they yeah. were so good. They were just like, it'd be something interesting and then something trash about it, like a red flag. <laughs> it was so good. Yes. Uh, so let's talk about, you don't only do graphic design, but you really help people come up with content. Mm -hmm. And even for me as a copywriter, coming up with content that like just makes sense. And I've tried the content pillar thing. Mm -hmm. I've tried <laughs> I've tried this so many things. What is your recommendation for baby businesses and like adult business, like big, <laughs> big businesses? Cause they, I find a lot are really still getting it wrong. Yeah. Well, I take a little bit of a different approach again. My little rebellious spirit is like, number one, what do you like to do? And again, I'm talking about these personal brands where I don't worry that much about what my audience wants. First of all, people say like, show up on the platform your audience is on. There's like a billion people on all the platforms. So like your audience is probably on all the platforms. So which one do you like? Cause that's where you're gonna actually be that word consistent. And then also I think we're all making way too much content, which is like funny for me to say, because hopefully people hire me to help them make content. But I think we're making way too much. Like we're putting too much pressure on ourselves to crank out this content when if you are a service-based business or a coach or whatever, like you're not an influencer. Like an influencer's job is to crank out content. Like it's their job because that is their job. Your job is, you know, writing copy or being a virtual assistant or, you know, coaching people. So it's not your job to make content. And I think a lot of us feel like it's our job. Now you have to market yourself to make sure people know you're out there but that could be a weekly email and then some activities to help people get on that email list, like being on podcasts or whatever. If you like it, if the idea of being a guest on a podcast, like makes you have sweaty armpits and you're like dying inside, then that's probably not a fun activity for you. And you're probably not going to show up as your best self on a podcast. So even though it works for some people, if it's not your thing, it doesn't have to be your thing. And if you don't like making reels, you don't have to make reels. Like you can share your thoughts and ideas around your industry 
however you want to, because there's people who still read blogs. There's people who love reels. There's people who don't watch reels. There's people who listen to podcasts. There's people who've never listened to a podcast. So I feel like I help my clients figure out what brings them joy. Like now I'm like that joy lady, whatever her name is, and then do that, but also like do it consistently and also just stick to one thing for a while. And if you like it, hopefully it's easier to stick to it. And then from there, like share it a little bit on whatever social platform you like, you know? I mean, it's like, I think we've just way overcomplicated everything. I'm like, I love podcasting. So my podcast and being a guest on podcasts are like my main jam because clearly, in case you haven't noticed, I like talking. (laughs) So I can talk. I'm like, I can talk and it can be content. So my show notes are just bullet points. Like, I'm not going to also write a blog because then somebody else is going to say that I should make a Pinterest post to pin to my blog. And then someone else is going to say, also make a video of your blog and put it on YouTube. Like, everybody has an idea about what you should do. But once it gets to a certain point, it makes me shut down. I'm like, well, I'm not doing any of that. Or I'm also feeling guilty because I'm like, oh, but I'm not doing Pinterest or oh, my show notes suck. And it's like, dang, I just made a podcast. Get off my back, everybody. People who like podcasts can listen to my podcast. And then I'll like share it on Instagram. Like make a few reels about it. Put a little audiogram up if I want to. And I love writing emails. So I do that every week. I never miss a week of my emails. But it's because I like it. If someone's just telling me to write emails, I would probably push back a little. But on that note, I do think email is a really important one. (laughs) Like if you are going to cut out a lot of stuff, (laughs) if you can stand email, I do feel like email marketing and having them on your own space right is the best way to go but that's like a different conversation but do less is my point that i just have to say oh that sounds so great hey are you enjoying best regards so far have some feedback for us want us to talk about a certain topic want to be featured well go ahead right below in our show notes and we have a link i'm pretty sure it's give feedback get featured (laughs) um and you can go ahead and leave us your reviews, your feedback, what you'd love to see more of, what you'd love to see less of, and someone you'd love to have featured on the podcast. And that could easily be you, okay? Toot your own horn, all right? Be your own cheerleader. Put yourself out there. (laughs) Go ahead and let us know in the link. It's in our show notes, and we're so happy you're here. Best regards. When you were saying all the the Pinterest thing, I felt like Mortal Kombat. (laughs) (laughs) Finisher. Like I can't, I can't, I can't be in all the places. And that's why I think for me, because of how my brain works, I've got to think about what I can do right now. Mm -hmm. Like if I just feel the squarely thing, Mm -hmm. even as a copywriter, and I know I should be writing emails because I'm a copywriter, but it's not something that I can do spur mm-hmm. the way I can do Instagram spur of the moment, the way I can even record a podcast spur of the moment. Like all I need is my phone to record yeah. a podcast. Yeah. Honestly, the way that I can just like drop a gem real quick on a story mm-hmm. for me, emails is a little bit more like, and to your point, if someone tells me I have to write emails and they know what to, yeah, leave me here. No, um, you it. know, it's funny. I think we should talk about this too. Cause the whole spur of the moment thing, I have yeah. clients who like, obviously for my workflow, I like to plan like at least a month. Like let's hop on a call and plan out your month. And there's clients who are just like, I don't, that's like, I just want to wait till inspiration strikes. And I definitely relate to that. 
But I will say when I get a little more strategic and plan a little bit more, there has been light bulb moments where I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Because like for me, I know that every December I do like an anti-hustle holiday countdown, like little podcast series. But I never even think about that until basically like middle of November. I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to like get going on this or like my membership is going to open in October. And so it just it does sort of make sense for me to like drop some nuggets about that before October. And most of the time I'm like waiting till right before. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, I should tell them about the membership. And then I'm like, hey, not that many people signed up. And sometimes when I think ahead, it is sort of cool when I can see like a trail, like a plan. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I don't make my clients map it out like completely from A to Z. But like, let's not forget to like zoom out a little and just have a loose plan with space for spontaneity. Because I feel that so hard. Like that's a struggle, I think, for a lot of people. I don't know who's the person who can just plan it all out and only do that. (laughs) I'm like, who is that person? Like I change stuff all the time. Yeah. I wish that was so funny. Coley is on right now. And then she's like, who is that? And I'm like, you wouldn't know if IG would have cooperated with us. And then you said something and it just clicked. Oh, it's Deanna. And I was like, all right. And literally as I'm typing your name. Yes. Oh, good. You're, look at you. Personal brand, your voice. People already recognize your voice. So what you're doing is working. Yeah, no, I love that. It's true. And I think if I sat down and I had a client and they were like, I need you to write launch emails. Boom, that's it. Mm -hmm. Like an an everyday, what do I want to say every day? My mind just goes into like this whole, like, how am I going to know what I want to say next Monday? And the Monday after that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And it's just my brain just goes into like, overload and then it's just like you know what you know what would keep us safe and not doing it yes <laughs> just True. don't do it not um, the best content plan not, not doing anything. no no we're gonna we're really gonna rev that up and it's because i had to take you know there's some things you know you realize and this may be a great segue is that you can do it all maybe <laughs> but it's not sustainable yes you will burn out you will start to notice, like, this is not the best use of my time. Mm-hmm. I love Canva. Yes. This is the best use of my time. <laughs> yes. So yeah. I should hire someone. I should hire Deanna to help me with this kind of stuff. You mentioned, like you said, content planning and things like that. I guess, yeah, when someone comes to you, I always like to know this. Like, what is it that people say they want? But what is it that they really need? Well, it's interesting. It's funny that Coley's listening because I'm like, everybody needs something different. And Coley would be like, no, girl, you got to get your system straight. Coley. <laughs> oh, you love. <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, like, I don't know. Lots of people need different things. I feel like if you have support, you could maybe show up more places without burning out. I know it was confusing to me when I first started an online business. People would be like, you don't have to be everywhere. And the people saying that were like celebrity entrepreneurs who were everywhere. And so I was like, This is a mixed message to me because I want to be cool like you and I want to make a bunch of money like you and you're everywhere, but you're telling me not to be everywhere. So I'm like, hold up. But even though most of the time I talk to people about not being everywhere, I still feel pressure where I'm like, should I repurpose my reels to TikTok? Should I put this on LinkedIn? But also repurposing doesn't just magically happen. Like I feel like people act like repurposing is so easy, but when you're all by yourself, you're like, well, crap, I still have to like, download this, upload this, put a tag. Like it takes time to just like 
pop a reel over on TikTok and the caption's a little different. And like, I think also what I was going to say too, is if you're doing too much, probably all of it's not that good. Like, I think if you do less, you can do it better. Like if you're only writing emails, your emails are going to be so good. If you're like writing emails and feeling like I got to hurry up and write this email because I got to do this and I got to get on Pinterest and I got to, and you're just copying and pasting and all your pins look the same because you got to just hurry up and make them. So you're just like, you know, chat GPT people are like, make 25 quotes and make them all look the same. And I'm like, cool. No one wants to see the third or fourth or fifth or through 25 quotes. Like if everything looks the same, just because you're trying to hurry up and like mass produce your content because you want to be everywhere. I hate to say it, but it's probably kind of boring content. So I even struggle with my clients. Like a lot of people come and they want templates and I can make templates for Canva for people to use and I can make them look cool with your brand and whatever. But I always struggle with it because I'm like, just make less and let me make you a graphic for each thing that's going to look so cool. Because templates, if you've ever used a template, sometimes the headline or what you want to write or the quote or whatever you're putting in is long and it looks like fine. And then it's short and you're like, wait, now there's all this negative space. Like, do I just make it bigger? Should I hold up? The, 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 The template like bolds a couple important words. Like, which words are important? Like how do, it's just hard to make a template for someone that will work for anything they want to do. It's like impossible to be like, now you just plug and play. It's going to be awesome every time. That's just not the case. So I have made templates, but for me, it's like way better if the person can make less and just pay me to make it each month so that we can do some like art like let's make artwork that goes with your email not just like something some placeholder yes and then people will enjoy it people will notice it because you know if everybody's using the same canva templates or similar canva templates like they're scrolling and it just all looks the same even though it's in your colors it's still like another quote another whatever it's like let's do something ridiculous so that they're like wait what is this and so for me like a lot of my designs are very colorful humorous like playful i'm silly i have one client who's a coach that helps people with psychedelics and like different you know natural healing and sort of in that world and like i made her a collage this morning and had like a grapefruit slice with a fried egg on top like i'm like let's get wacky and surreal like here put a mushroom on it girl Woo! psychedelics and just having fun with it so that people are like, what the hell is this? And then they're like, oh, cool. Or people are like, this is whack. I'm not interested. And they don't want to do mushrooms and they don't want her to be their coach. You know, like, I feel like when you really narrow in on what you're doing and you're not afraid to just try some stuff, I think it's like, it's more fun and it's more fun for your audience, I think. Yeah, no, I love that you said repurposing is not that easy. Because mm-hmm. it's not. No. I also love like, yes, can we make art? Like, I do have some things that make it easier, right? I do have some templates. I do have some mm-hmm. fonts that I know I would absolutely not use. Yeah. But I'm not so psycho about it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's fonts that are clearly not in my brand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right? And you have to speak, like, you, you want to make things that are recognizable, of course, and that, like, Ooh, I get this vibe, right? Like when they say, you know, like color psychology, there's font psychology and there's, you know, header and subheader and all that fun stuff psychology, right? That's why Mm -hmm. we do it that way. But there's also like the art part that would probably make it less cringy and annoying to want to do 
or give it to someone else. And like, if you're someone who's like, you know what, I want my brand, I want to be proud of it. I want to feel like it's a piece of art. Mm -hmm. And if you're not capable, and that's hard, but like, it is a lot more of a collaborative experience. And I think that like, your brand deserves to be a piece of art. Yeah, like it's a lot of work. Like, okay, sure. Like, if you don't, then it doesn't. But if you're someone who, like you said, is a personality brand, mm-hmm. if you're a personality brand, you're also probably very aesthetic. Like, let's mm-hmm. just be real. Because then you wouldn't. You would just create whatever. It'd be doctor colors and doctor this, and that, right? If we're, or if yeah. you were a coach, it'd be, yeah. I don't know, beach sand colors and, like, whatever, greens and earthy vibes. Like, it would just be that. Yeah. But if you're someone who's already a bold personality. Yeah. Like lean like into that. Lean into yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and when I help people do branding, I feel like I break all the rules too. Like there's like one client recently was like, wait, so we're keeping all these colors. Cause she was like, I love them all. We're keeping them all. And I'm like, yeah, we're going to keep them all. And you're going to have favorites that you use more often. But like, if you ever need a yellow, this is your yellow. So I am a fan of giving people like options Because I think, too, when people go to a designer and they only let them have three colors or something like that, they just go rogue in Canva. And they're like, well, whatever. She said these three colors. But, like, right now I want a yellow or I want an orange. And then every time it's different. So I like to give people enough to work with that I'm like, if you want to stray, here's your, you know, here's your yellow. Here's your purple. These are, like, your codes. Here's your fonts. Now, like, have fun within that. But, like you want people to be able to recognize it. Like you said, if it's not a picture of your face, they should still be able to be like, oh, this is Christina's post. Like you have a style. You do have a style. And it's easy when I'm scrolling to recognize that it's you. And then since I already like you, I'm like, oh, what's she up to? Even if it's not your face, your brand should be as recognizable as if you posted a selfie. You know, people should be able to know it's you. Yeah. No, I love that. Oh, if I wanted to use the yellow, there's the yellow for it. I feel like kind of, yeah. I have a bunch of brand colors. And I remember once sometimes like, oh, you don't have like, what did someone ask me? Because all my colors are bold, mm-hmm. with the exception of black, <laughs> which to me is bold. Um, like you don't have, I guess like transition colors. Like you don't have like, you know, like a different shades. Mm-hmm, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's never been an issue before. <laughs> what, are you, what are you trying to tell me, right? And so when they came up with it, I was just like, oh, that's not what I was going for. Yeah. And a lot of people will say yes to the designer and then just go and be like, yeah, okay. Uh, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and then you just don't use that. And you just, like I said, go rogue. You're just doing whatever you want. Yeah. Canva. Um. So Ooh, let's I- make rules. Like you make the rules, like let's do what you want, but let's like establish what you want and then play within like those rules so that it is consistent. Yeah. One thing that I've gotten a little better at is giving feedback instead of being like no no I'll change it yeah <laughs> you yeah. yeah so this time around I do have someone helping me with the repurposing because that's a whole job I'm sorry it is it's a whole job mm-hmm. and I can't I just can't spend two weeks of my time because that's literally how long like not how long but you only have so many hours in a day so it would yep. take me like two weeks to do something that someone can do like in a day so yep. let's just give it to those people and I was just like, oh, I'd really love for this to be a little bit more readable. And I'd really love, instead of going into Canva, I was like, this is what I would love to see. Mm-hmm. Right. And I guess, I guess part of me feels like, and I don't know if you feel this way too, or you maybe you don't feel this way anymore. 
I don't feel that way if a client was ever to tell me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're right. But I, I just feel like you're the expert. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, should I be telling you how to do your job? But also, <laughs> this is my brand and I would like it to look this way. And like, yeah. also, like, did you bother to look at my Instagram before you started designing things? <laughs> because this doesn't look anything like it yeah 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 well also I feel like I always tell people I'm like I went to art school like art professors don't hold back when they critique I'm like I can take it you tell me what you think because I want you to walk away with something you love not something you're like okay with or whatever so I'm totally fine with that but I also feel like I don't know about human design but I just started dabbling in that and I'm a projector so I think I'm actually really good because a lot of people will be like, how did you, like, we had a meeting and you, I just rambled and like, this is totally what I wanted. How did you know? And I'm like, I think it's my human design now that I'm learning about it. I'm like, I don't know. I think I just like listened to what you say. But I also ask people like, what do you hate? I'm not trying to put in colors you hate. Like, you just don't need them. I don't care about the psychology. I don't care if people say that's what this industry needs. Like, if you hate it, you are not going to want to use it. And so I feel like I let them tell me exactly what they want. And I think that helps. No, that's good. That makes sense. I also just like give people like when I give like feedback back, like I asked, like, I don't, I'm going to be honest. I don't really love this area. So if you have any, <laughs> if you have any feedback right here, like I don't know if I love this. Do you want to like talk it out? Because you know, I, I don't like, I, yes, sure. I am the expert as much as I possibly be, can be. And so are you, but like, this is your stuff. It's collaboration. Yeah. yeah. I think too. I think, I like that feeling too. And I, since I do like for my clients to infuse as much of their personality in it, like, I mean, I have a client, I write her weekly emails for her, but we talk, like I want it to be about her life. So we have a meeting and I'm like, okay, you have this trip coming up. And after her trip with her girlfriends in Nashville, I'm like, okay, you need to write me an email, like sloppy. You need a brain dump, but you got to tell me what happened. Cause I want the story to be actually what happened, you know? And it was yeah. funny. She went with like six friends, but they shared their like Google Drive thing with me. And I was like, oh my, it was like hundreds of pictures. I was like, okay, I feel like I was on the trip with y'all. <laughs> okay, got it. But I made like fun gifts. I made, you know, like they went on a drag bus tour. I mean, it was like so fun. And so that's way better than just me being like, well, you wrote a book. I'm going to just, you know, chapter two, I'm going to write an email, like a very informative email, which I do use her book and her blog to make real idea, like write real scripts for her and stuff. So there's like a time and a place, but I do want her showing up as her. And that's mm -hmm. where it turns into more of like a collaborative thing. So I think that just helps infuse her personality into it. One time she was talking about it and she was like, I mean, the stories write themselves. And then she, <laughs> we were like on a podcast together. And then she was like, oh, wait, they actually don't write themselves. Like you, you write them for me. <laughs> Like, yeah, I do. Thanks for remembering that they don't write themselves. I write them. Like, and with her, <laughs> I, know, I was like, hey. <laughs> but and in her emails, I always, almost always include a fun GIF. And I always usually make like a graphic in Canva to support it because I think it's like a kid's book, you know, like it illustrates the story. It's way more fun if we're talking about, you know, the drag show bus that I can like show you a picture of them all on the bus, but then I'm extra. And so I'm like collaging in the sticker from the bus. I'm like, you know, I just, people want to look at cool pictures, I think. And I think it helps like, you know, I mean, you already know this, but you know, it breaks up the copy. It makes it easier to read and it like mm -hmm. tells more of the story. So I think they go 
hand in hand. Nobody wants to read a boring email. And I think like good copy plus great graphics is like unstoppable. I don't know. Now I sound cheesy, but you know, I'm like, dang, that is like, mm, it's going to be amazing. Just like Right. I agreed. People like beautiful things. I don't understand why this is such a hard concept. <laughs> People like beautiful things. They like things that make them feel something. They like things that are format, like the trust that comes with, and it's kind of like an energy mm -hmm. that is, is that, like they can't really tell why they love something, but they love something, whether it's like nostalgic or it's their favorite colors or it's shocking to them, right? It mm -hmm. does something to them. And yeah. I think breaking up even just formatting copy and stuff, like people want to read something that's appealing to read. Yeah. And it looks, you know, if you're like a million dollar brand or a $200,000 brand, I don't even care if you're a $10,000 brand, but like if you show that like, I think what I got is going on, I think it's really valuable. I think it's really beautiful. I think it makes an impact. I think design is a really good way to show it without having to like, I'm valuable. Uh, like, you know, it's a good way to show it instead of yeah. saying Well, it. think about it. I mean, we don't want to buy stuff that's uh, like packaging is a thing. When we go to the store and we're in the deodorant aisle, we're still like, ooh, ooh, what's this one? This one looks cool. Like we do judge books by their cover. And I think something that you just kind of touched on is like, there's more than one way to serve your audience. Everyone's talking about serving your audience. And I feel like most of us think that means teach them, but it doesn't have to be teaching them. It could be like making them laugh. It could be sh just showing them something beautiful. It could be like nostalgic. I like that you brought that up, but it's not the only way to serve. Like we're not all only watching documentaries on TV. We're not like, this is the only way oh. to get, you know, served. <laughs> so like maybe you, you don't. You don't have to teach your audience all the time to bring value. Like some people just want to open an email and laugh and be like, right. yeah, this thing's hard. Like, I mean, I just wrote an email. My email that goes out this week is about my kid stuck a beat up his nose this week. And it was like a whole thing. And my email's just about how I couldn't wait to write an email about how he stuck a beat up his nose. And I was like, this is how much I love you. I consider you guys friends. And that was it. There was no like content you know strategy it was just like hey guys running a business and life is hard sometimes and i had to go to urgent care and get a bead removed from my kid's nose <laughs> and it was like funny and i think the graphic is really funny and i can't wait to share it with it. and i used a clueless gif in it like when she's thinking because i was like i tried to think about how to make this about business and then i used that scene from clueless where she has her like flowery feathery pen and she's like thinking hard yeah, and I'm like, people love Clueless. Somebody's going to see that and be like, ah, I want to watch Clueless now. It doesn't have to be super educational, super deep, life-changing content. Just have fun. Right. Just show up as you. Like you would to your friend. Like, have fun. Right. Make fun content. That's why I'm trying to make my podcast is, like, you said that, and I'm like, oh, God, when does this come out? Because it's not big fun content right now when we're recording this. It's okay, called so That Breaking the Rules of Online Business right now. But it's going to be big fun content when this comes out. And yes. it'll be the same feed. It's just going to change a little. But I'm like, yeah, started off with F that, breaking the rules, because that's my rebellious baby Deanna. And then, like, grown-up Deanna is like, also, let's just have fun. Okay, let's just have fun. I love it. Exactly. I feel like you're the punk version of me, and I'm, like, the hip-hop version of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love yes. it. I love it. Because let's run and tell that. Like, go ahead. Run and, run and tell all yes. these people this is how I'm going to run my business. This is it. <laughs> And it doesn't have to be so like 
so serious. Mm-hmm. Like, no. business doesn't have to be so, like, I can't say that about the number part. I'm sure your accountant would disagree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they would disagree. I'm sure there's a way. Actually, that's not even true. To your point. So if I haven't talked about this person a million and one times on this podcast, then I'm going to talk about her now. And I need to get her on here. Like, I could not wrap my head around business finance or personal finance mm-hmm. until I met Gina Knox. And 90% of why I could even pay attention is because the calculators and spreadsheets that she designed were so gorgeous and aesthetically pleasing mm-hmm. and cute and even though her brand has changed it is still just floats my little aesthetic heart and it helps me pay attention because if you give me some quick book looking ass <laughs> Excel yeah. sheet or nothing yeah. just like columns and, and i'm just like uh-uh. no. yeah i'm gonna die but if you give me a spreadsheet that's pink Mm-hmm. <laughs> and wonder how you did all this and even like the copy like the copy is very it's not like now put in your revenue like it's just yeah. so like it's just so gorgeous and that's like 90 percent of why she served me the looks yeah and then was like okay bitch now get your numbers right yeah. okay i gave yeah. you colors and pretty little things mm-hmm. now please go in and yeah. budget <laughs> Well, as a teacher, like I would like if making worksheets, like I design those things to be fun because nobody wants, well, not nobody. I also worked at a school for kids who wanted, like it was their last chance. They did not want to be at school. And so it was like my job to make it fun. And I was the art teacher, but I still had to like, you know, are you learning these terms? Are you learning these words? But like, yeah. And the punk rock in me was like, making these like cut out collage DIY, like really fun worksheets that don't even look like worksheets. Like you're saying with your spreadsheets. And then all of a sudden you're doing the worksheet and you're like, wait, what just happened? Am I doing a worksheet? And I'm like, yeah, you didn't know. Cause it was cool. <laughs> Tricked right. you. Like, but it just makes your whole experience better. Makes people want to do it. Right. Love that. My son would definitely, I think 80% of the reason why he doesn't like doing his work is that it's just not aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Um, and it's like, well, look what y'all are competing with. TikTok mm-hmm. and Minecraft. And and you're out here just giving this kid like a Microsoft Word doc with just like one right. period. Com- like, 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 <laughs> like boring. Can you change up the font here? Yeah. Like, yeah. Can you do something? And he has such an eye for it. Because I, I recently, someone is doing a rebrand. And they use some font that I, I wasn't ex- I wasn't excited about, but who I don't care. That's not why I'm there. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he goes, he's seven. And he goes, are people still using that font? I almost died. I was so glad I wasn't on a call with this person. He's like, you're still using that font. I was just like, oh god, you're so my child. I love so it. Much. Oh my god! I love you so much. I wish I could tell his teachers. I was like, I don't know, like zhuzh up your work. Like, they yeah, have things going on. Like, can you like zhuzh up your worksheets so that yeah. my son was? Well, you know why? Because they're doing a bunch of stuff that doesn't matter. It actually goes back to our point. They could right. just do what they're doing better, and the kids would be more engaged. But they have to like do a bunch of other crap, which is what made me quit teaching. Uh, they're probably up in a boring spreadsheet somewhere because the principal was making them do something else. When if they could just do less and do it better probably kids would learn more just saying right. now i'm on a soapbox about education <laughs> no <laughs> but, but it's, it's the same true. thing 
Yeah. yeah. No, that's my philosophy. How you do one thing is how you do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why give yourself 17 ways to do something? Yeah. And you have to, like, if you ever hear yourself saying in your business, like, I wish I could do what she's doing. Like, I wish I could show up like them, or I wish I didn't have to post all these places. Like, if you're wishing things in your business, like, probably you could just do it. <laughs> like, like you're the boss in your business. So if you're feeling like, I wish I could have fun colors like her, or, you know, she, she doesn't even do Instagram. I wish I could not even be on Instagram. Like, you probably could do that, you know, like, I think when you find yourself wishing you could do what other people do, maybe you could just explore that and just do yeah. it. So I love that. I think that's a really good way to like wrap things up. Where can people for sure find you? People can find me mostly on my website, which is deannaseymore.com. And I actually publish all my weekly emails that I do think are actually really funny. So if you want to read about my kids sticking a beat up his nose, you can just go there and it's called essays and podcasts. So that's one way I do repurpose. I call my emails essays and put them on my blog. <laughs> I love that. No, I did see that. I was like, ooh, essays. <laughs> SEO people are like, what's the keyword? I'm like, oh, beat up, beat up your nose. Wait, that's nothing. <laughs> like we don't, we don't worry too much about keywords, but those SEO people are, they're into it, man. They're they're sort of dragging me over to the dark side. You know, like I'm like, I don't know, could I have a keyword? What's the keyword on this email? But anyways, for now they're just there and they're fun. And I like I making love that. Them, so. Yeah. I know someone just hired me. I think they asked recently, like, could I help them with something like that? And I was like, no, SEO is not my bag. It's this whole thing. I know. And it actually messes up a lot of my. Me too. I was going to say, get somebody. Way. You're going to get somebody to do that on the back end. Have someone change. <laughs> I don't care what happens up there if you want. Yeah. But... It ruins my vibe. It ruins my flow and my vibe a little to care about SEO. So I can't, I can't right, right now. Yeah. I also feel like low key SEO is very privileged. Mm. Like, you know, it, it speaks a certain person's language. Like you have True. to be like really computer and internet literate. It has to be very first world English. It has to be, it depends yeah. where you live, like regionally. Mm -hmm. Like if I don't have a brick and mortar store, does SEO really like, I don't want people to come no, to I'm me. I'm with you. This is another episode, but we're like, don't me. come to me. <laughs> don't come to my house. No, I like, I just, I'm not, I don't, I understand why it matters for certain people. Me too. But mostly like. If you're not for everyone mm -hmm. now, yeah, SEO is just gonna make it harder. Yeah. Now, if you're like a run of the mill, whatever, whatever. Then yeah. Well, like a bookkeeper in Richmond, Virginia. I feel like you should work on that so that when someone looks for a bookkeeper in Richmond, Virginia, you should pop up for that for sure. But like, right. what would mine be? This is a whole. We're going down a whole thing. We gotta stop ourselves. But oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you on this whole SEO thing. <laughs> questionable yeah thank you uh, you're just here to validate all the things i hate this is what this podcast is about yes um <laughs> i'm here for it i love it love it well thank you so much for coming on this is so much fun and i can't wait to be on your podcast yeah. oh my gosh i thank you so much for having me i'm excited to continue this like i said over on mine fun. yes all right everyone have uh, a good rest of your week bye